0: Hey, welcome to the Gospel Rant this Christmas. We're going to do something special. We'll take a two-week break from the Sermon on the Mount and do something Christmassy. All right? Uh, This should be a lot of fun. This is a parable that uh, I wrote a number of years ago, and wherever I move, we seem to update it uh, with, with local color. And so I want to do it for you this year, and I hope that it makes your Christmas just a little bit better. It's called A Gospel Rant Christmas Parable. COVID was back. Hospital emergency rooms feeling the angst and swelling again. The back and forth confusing face mask mandates just made it all even worse. What were regular people to do or to think? And now more financial worries, the price of gas taking an even bigger bite out of already unsatisfying paychecks. There's crime, and people just seem edgier, angrier, more worried, more into themselves or separated. Another school shooting. Rising fear of another foreign conflict. Opioid addictions up. Human smuggling ever-present gangs. Hurting people surging through the southern border. One more political figure going down in flames and disgrace. What the hell is happening? Joe could care less about any of that right now. He had his own problems. He looked with growing impatience at what seemed to be an infinite line of rear taillights in front of him, all going the same direction on 25. No one seemed to be moving. He scoffed and muttered under his breath about all these people being out on Christmas Eve. His thoughts were shattered by the sudden moan from his new wife, Mary. He wasn't ready for this pressure. What if she had the baby right there, right in the front seat of their old, beat-up, bald, tired Hyundai? In the middle of the night, wedged in between the same SUV that they had been stuck behind for miles and the impatient 18-wheeler behind them with the headlights from hell. In the distance, he saw the bridge, the overpass, one last bottleneck, hon. The traffic should pick up in a bit. And these words were a little comfort to her as she tried to ease her pain with repetitive puffs of air. She arched her back more and leaned her head towards the back seat. Nothing helped. What in the world were they doing here? This wasn't their home now. They had moved with their family to a reservation in southwestern Colorado. Joe's ancestors were great Ute chiefs, capable men, men of peace, It is said that it was Joe's great-great-great-grandfather who first made peace with the first Spanish traders in the area. At one time, Joe's people had been a vast nation spreading from the northern Colorado Plateau all the way down to four corners and further south. Wow, times have changed. Fortunes rise and fall for sure. The remnant of the once great tribe now consisted of a council of old men and women clinging to the past and a scattering of young, struggling families who now are more American than anything else, really. But then this one last indignity. Can anything good come out of Washington, thought Joe? Maybe the government was flexing its new COVID mandate muscles. Who knew? Joe had learned as a construction helper to just do as you're told. He got the letter after it had been forwarded along his recent addresses, and it was official. All men of First Nations heritage are to personally go to their birthplace Be registered by the end of calendar year 2021. The letter also issued threats of fine and prosecution for those failing to abide by this new law. And it was December 24th already. Joe could not afford any fine. That opened another can of worms. He was about to become a husband and a father all at the same time. It all happened like a whirlwind, nothing like the romances on TV. He looked over at Mary, who was now still in her seat, eyes closed. He did love her, but he knew that this would require more than mere love to work through some of the difficult issues of the recent months. How in the world did he get in this situation? And once again, his wandering thoughts were pierced by Mary's scream and pain. "'Joe, stop the car!' she yelled. "'Get me to the hospital! Now!' Joe stumbled with his cell phone that he kept to get calls about work. He he pushed the redial button again. This time it was not busy. Denver Health, can you hold, please? No, no, I can't. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Boy, you have to be real quick, Joe said to Mary, hoping to ease the situation with some humor. Mary was not amused. The conversation that happened next was so bizarre, it would have been more at home on. In a Stephen King novel or something from an episode of of The Office, the hospital regretfully said that they have no room. There were budget cutbacks and and layoffs. Where have you been? The COVID pandemic, shortage of workers, and of course, don't you don't you know this is Christmas Eve? There have been a dozen fight victims already, eight of them stabbings, two gunshots, and multiple car accidents involving a, alcohol. "'Merry Christmas.' "'Just then, Mary's water broke. "'Joe was breathing in puffs now, too, just to try to keep calm. "'No use both of them losing it. "'He would find a place to stay the night. "'They could get registered tomorrow and head home to their doctor. "'He saw the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception just ahead on his right. "'Closed,' the sign said. "'He chuckled.' Very quietly, knowing that the joke must remain with him. But maybe it was a sign of some kind, so he turned off Colfax onto Pennsylvania, heading south. Still nothing open, no lights on. Ah, another rabbit trail. And as they passed East 13th, he noticed the snow covered shoes with laces tied together slung over the overhead utility lines, dangling over their heads like bizarre Christmas ornaments. Joe knew what they were there for. The Lincoln Park crack dealers were still open for business. No supply chain shortage there. Do they ever take a vacation? By the time he went a, a block further, it was really obvious that a plan B or even a plan C was needed. Joe was frantically looking for any place, any hotel, any motel, anything, but no vacancy, no rooms. OMG. Lincoln Park was no place to have a baby, but he had no choice. He pulled the car over in front of the Excelsior, double parking alongside of a beat-up old van, and he ran to the door and started banging. Mary could only hear bits and pieces of the muffled conversation. It was lively, that's for sure. Her eyes noticed the boarded-up building across the dark street. The heavy door in front of the building kept opening, and heads stealthily appeared, investigating the noise from the hotel and then disappearing into the din. "'Not here, not here,' she thought." as she faded. When she awoke from the pain, she could see that she was not in the car anymore. She was laying on the floor of a very dark room. There was a foreign-looking man bent over her, a Sikh or, or perhaps a Muslim, maybe. Joe was there holding her hand, and there was a single light bulb with a string directly over Mary. It hurt Mary's eyes to look at its unprotected light. Joe had a flashlight in his hand and periodically flashed it around the dank, smelly room. He he seemed to be looking under tattered furniture for something in the shadows. Mary was acutely aware of a putrid odor, some stench. The foreign man brought down the stairs an old musty space heater, and Joe was so grateful for that. He then disappeared up the stairs, and the doors closed and locked. And so the baby was born there. In the basement under the Excelsior Hotel, Joe told Mary later that the stench was partly from rats and partly from the urine and defecation of street people who broke into the small basement window to get out of the bitter cold. While Mary slept, Joe had swept up the condoms and needles scattered about the floor. Joe had found an empty cardboard box and fixed it up nice for the baby, a boy by the way. The Sikh family had brought down a nice woven blanket for the baby's box. Well, the story gets even more bizarre, the hotel owner knocked on the door in the early morning hours just minutes after the boy was born. Joe couldn't believe it. And he led an entourage of folk down the stairs, crackheads, gangbangers, prostitutes, and alcoholics, white, black, Hispanic, Asian... Arabic, folks from all shapes and colors, binary and non-binary. Joe had learned a lot of new terms this year. They were people with BLM tats and MAGA caps huddled together in the basement, finally agreeing on at least one thing, only one thing, the child. They each swore that they had heard about the baby from an angel One by one, they came. They came as they were, with no air of pretense. Some left trinkets and gaudy ornamental jewelry. Some carefully presented the child with precious rolled-up dollar bills. One person set a cigarette pack next to the baby, another a Safeway bag filled with empty cans. The makeshift shrine included crack pipes and lighters and razor blades and, yes, even a sweaty cap. Someone had placed a crushed fake flower, the original color was probably yellow, on top of all the gifts. Some had nothing and merely wanted to touch the baby or kiss him on the head. Joe and Mary were astonished. They had never seen anything like this. The next day, another knock on the basement door brought down a mixed delegation from the Sikh and Muslim and Buddhist religions. It was clear to Joe and Mary that these were important people, dignitaries in fact. Maybe they had heard about the boy from the man from the hotel. They, too, brought gifts, wonderful, special gifts, inappropriate, really, for the occasion, the parents thought, and Mary wished that she could have understood what they said to her child. They spoke to him reverently, as if he fully understood them. Was this what peace on earth looked like? I mean, it's crazy. What did this child have to do with it? Something was definitely happening. This was one of those special moments in this age of isolation. Joe wondered. Mary pondered the happenings in her heart. Then there was silence, but not for long. Author note. Sometimes we lose the context of the story that has been told so often in so many venues in so many ways for so many years. The Christmas story is really about the scandalous, humiliating, and horrible, wonderful love that moved in the heart of God to come into the flesh. Who is this God that would bend so low for the sakes of people like us, like me, like you? You know, if God's Son were to have come today, he would no doubt be born to a poor family in something like the Lincoln Park area of Denver, probably not to social elites and upper class areas, but to the outcast, the despised, those treated with bigotry and injustice. Why? He's pleased to identify with all mankind. And this would include the hurting and disenfranchised. All were made in his image. All have this value to this God. And so when he did come among his creation, certainly he would come alongside the lowest. He pursued the lowest, in fact. And in so doing, he would open the door to all people groups without class distinctions. Then there would be nothing that would keep any true seekers from coming to him, freely, without fear of prejudice and disdain. Remember, his willing and necessary task on their behalf would include dying for them, in their place. He thought that much of them. When he was older, the baby would say that he came for the poor, those trapped and enslaved, addicts, those with emotional and mental issues, those who couldn't see any good path out of this crap— those being pummeled with racism and abuse. And his core message? Yes, you can feel God's favor for you too. I can make that happen. This Jesus, the God who came in flesh, is the most humble and the most unintimidating of persons. This Jesus is most attractive to all but the self-righteous and the religious. Here again, the wonderful, scandalous story of Jesus Christ. Now, why don't you come and meet the God-made flesh this year? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Merry Christmas from the Gospel Rant. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it or did you only make it part way?